Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. I am your host, Joe Marcellina from nh-highschoolsports.com, and joining me this spring is Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Program. Coach? Joe, great to be back for another week. Yeah. Uh, once again, we're recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashville. We will be here every Wednesday at 7 p.m.-ish. Uh, you can be a part of the show by emailing questions to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or you can uh, get at us at nhhsports on Twitter, or if you're feeling uh, really uh, adventurous, you can come on down to Riverside and listen to us live, maybe heck us, heckle us a little bit. Uh, you know, don't be nice, though. Don't, don't go too hard on us. <laughs> Uh, before we get started this week, though, I've got a couple of items I want to mention, so bear with me. Uh, first, as some of you may have already noticed, uh, I'll be putting together a Boys and Girls Lacrosse season preview magazine, just like we did for, for this past football season. Uh, this is a full-color magazine with features on some of the top boys and girls players in the state, so you can pre-order yours by going to nh-highschoolsports.com, clicking uh, at the top of the top left that says Lacrosse Preview. Uh, next thing... Uh, we'll be including in that preview for the first time a uh, boys and girls lacrosse preseason all-state watch list. Uh, so keep an eye on that uh, up on the web coming up on the website before the start of the season. Uh, and finally, I'm very excited to announce the return of the season. Uh, longtime followers of the site may recall the behind-the-scenes video series that I've done in the past with teams, including Coach Hetler's uh, Dairyfield team in 2016. Uh, this season. I'll be giving you a special look at the Bishop Girton boys lacrosse team as it tries for a third straight Division One title. Joe, I get to, it was a it was a great experience back in 2016. Uh, obviously, it finished with a with a great run to the title, but just the whole experience was phenomenal. Uh, the kids loved doing it, um, and and I think for uh, for fans out there, it gave a, a great behind the scenes look at how we ran our program and just. Uh, some of the highs and lows of the season and uh you know getting an inside look at how the kids uh responded and grew throughout the season too it was, it was a lot of fun and it must have been okay because you didn't kick me out at any point during the <laughs> year and you still let me come around so uh thank you for that you and didn't uh, share you didn't share our secrets so it was, everything was okay <laughs> well i gotta there's a there's a limit i mean we are doing if, if we were professionals here uh maybe it'd be a little different but you know um yeah it was a lot of fun to do and uh already been doing some work with with bg uh, so far, these first 10 days or so, um, been a lot of fun with them. Really excited to, to let everyone see that. Of course, the first um, episode of that will be dropping on uh, Monday, April 9th, which also happens to be the first day of the regular season. So, uh, Count down you know, the days. Yeah, if you're uh, you know looking for something to get you hyped up maybe uh, before you start playing, um, you, know, you can check that out that Monday. Uh, all right, well, as I said, uh, or as we said last week, uh, you know, we took a look at Division One last week this week on to division two um i think everyone's favorite of course your dairy field uh, lacrosse <laughs> team the uh two-time division two champs um yeah, but in all all seriousness um you guys are among i think probably a handful of teams that are, are kind of looked at as contenders sure. this year I, I think it's a you know in division two there's a lot of really good lacrosse and there's some there's some really really good teams uh, across the board, I think I think you could make an argument that the top eight to nine teams that make the playoffs are all going to be, you know, uh, in that range where they could knock each other off. I think there's going to be some great playoff matchups. You're still probably going to see the, the the favorites in the final four, but I, I think those games are going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, just looking at our list of names that we put together, there's some there's some great talent in the league and a lot of guys that are looking to go on to play college. 
Um, so it should be a really fun season in D2. You know, and the, and the difference, different thing about D2, um, at least in, in this second year of the two-year cycle, we've got 12 playoff teams, uh, unlike Division One and Division Three, where there's only eight. So that first, those top four teams, again, are getting buys. Um, so you've got an extra round of playoffs for the teams that finish 5 through 12, um, you know, starting a couple days before. You know, how much of a, a difference do you think does that make for, for those top four seeds? I mean, is it something that's... In, in years past, uh, we've kind of talked about it a little bit that it can be, it can be a blessing if you're kind of beat up and injured a little bit and you want to get some guys healthy. Um, it can also throw you off your rhythm a little bit too, though, because you're used to playing, you know, games. I think last year we might have had almost a 10-day stretch where we didn't, we didn't have a game. We did end up scrimmaging BG before the playoffs, but um, it can throw you off your rhythm. But it's nice that you do get to go scout your your potential uh, quarterfinal opponent. Um, so there, there's definitely there's definitely good things and bad things about the about those buys. Um, but you know, you learn you learn to deal with it and you roll with it. So. Um, you know, that'll, yeah, that's another D2 this year. We'll have 12 teams making the tournament. Yeah, th this year, um, you know, that, that first preliminary round is on May 30th. So even if you do make that, you still have almost a week. You right. know, unless you're playing up until that very last um, Friday, Saturday. Which most, don't even, teams yeah, don't right. most teams don't schedule then because you keep those as rainout dates. So yeah. it's possible that they, they could use those dates. But a lot of teams try and try and finish up the regular season by Wednesday of that week, just to try and make sure everything gets in. Yeah. Um, so oh. there probably will. There probably will be teams because inevitably we always get the mud season and games that can't be played if you don't have turf. So. Yeah, you guys. Um, you know, <coughs> looking at the schedules real quick, you guys, Dover. Um, you know, a couple other teams finish on Kingswood finishes on the twenty first. Um, that's yeah. the Monday before. You Looks guys like a lot of teams on third. Yep, and then there's a lot of teams on the 25th. Yeah, so some so teams are going on the on the Friday if there. You, if you get the buy, potentially you're off until June 2nd. Yeah, um, it's a lot of time. To, you know, get sick of almost playing. Of course, it's over Memorial Day too. Um, so you get a little chance there for some of the kids maybe to take a, yep. a, a long take a little break. take a little bit of a break, give some time off. Sometimes less is more. <laughs> so getting guys healthy and getting refocused. Um, for us, we have our finals start that following week too so it's always a tough time so it, it can be a nice thing to give the kids a little extra time to get them uh, mentally back into it too so i you know since you're here we're going to start with 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 dairy field um you know you guys return i think a pretty good portion of the team although you lo you lost a few key guys including mm -hmm. uh lee sipes yep we lost lee sipes uh, a very good midfield face-off guy two-way player wasn't really a fogo for us uh he was an all-american last season he's at merrimack now um, his production will be missed a lot. Uh, we had two very good, uh, well, actually three poles that, that saw time for us last year, and Nick LeClaire, Sam Smiley, and, and Chris Benson, who all who are all playing in college right now. Um, but we do return a very good core. Um, we've got guys that are, that are committed to playing in college right now. Um, John Anderson at the midfield, he's committed to Providence. Uh, John McLean, who's going to play both attack and, and midfield for us, he's committed to Monmouth. Uh, senior captain Connor Glossner, who uh, he's committed to RPI, and uh, we got a defenseman Max Horton, who's uh, who's a junior committed to Hobart right now. So we definitely we return some very skilled guys, and that's not even talking about some of our seniors who, you know, academically are going to schools next year that they just can't play lacrosse at, who are, who have been all state players for us. So we, we <laughs> nobody's going to cry for us. We've got plenty of plenty of returning talent. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll 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 get. Probably what by the first week of May you'll hear other media people asking you. So why didn't you move up to D one this year? <laughs> uh, 
which is always, I, I know I, I've uh, been privy to some of those uh, <coughs> questions before. Uh, it's always fun to hear, hear your answers to that, to that question. Well, um, one in the cycle in the cycle that we're in, we can't move up this year. We could we could conceivably move up in the in the years to follow, but um, just living and working in the school every day, I'm very comfortable with where we are. I understand that we've won championships recently. We've won a few of them, and um, but just given the numbers we have in the school and the number of freshmen and sophomores that we have to play and, and depend on, I'm comfortable where we are. I'm proud of what we're doing and, and uh, the team that we're putting together all the time. I mean, in reality, we're going to have 35 guys this spring. If you told me every spring that I was going to have, you know, closer to 45 or 50, then I think it would be I'd feel much more comfortable moving up to Division One. I. I think that's the big holdup for us. Um, you know, our school isn't getting any cheaper, and, and we're not getting any bigger as far as student population. So um, it would be a fun challenge, though. And I think we're going to try and play more teams. Like, we have Concord on the schedule this year. They might be a little bit down this year, but – they, they've been a good team in the past, and then we're going to scrimmage Hanover and Exeter. Um, you know, I think in the coming years, if, if the talent keeps coming, we'd like to challenge ourselves some more. All right, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, to those of us that are lacrosse fans might look at Division Two and say, you know, maybe the teams that, that are going to be right there with you guys, um, you know, throughout the season – at least at first glance, are the team, you know, Portsmouth, the team that you guys beat in the final, and then maybe the team that everybody thought you guys were going to see in the final, Dover. Um, I know Portsmouth lost a little bit from that team, um, you know, but they still returned some pretty good players. Dover, um, you know, looks like a like they're going to be loaded again. They return a, a lot. Yeah, they're pretty low. They're a pretty low. Heavy team last yep. year, yep. Um, and I got to imagine they're pretty anxious uh, to get back out there and 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 take that next step. I, I know they are. Uh, Coach Silverio, I mean, from the almost from the minute summer started, uh, he, he was on me that wanted to wanted to schedule a game. So we're we're happy that we were able to make that happen this year. Uh, we got a game uh, in early May that we got scheduled on a Wednesday um, right before our prom. Um, happy we could fit it in. And uh, so I, th I think it'll it'll be a good good indicator for both teams where we're at. Um, we're playing both teams are playing Portsmouth. So all three all three teams that people are talking about, I think, at the top there, are going to get a chance to see each other in the regular season, which is a good thing. Yeah, that Dover game, uh, May 9th, May 9th, and uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that lives in the uh, Southern New Hampshire area that'll thank you for this. That game is at Derry Field, uh, <laughs> so no long drives to, to Dover at least on this end. Might might try and might try and make it a, a night game too. Have a little bit of fun with it too. Make it a later start, and uh, should be should be a lot of it. Two two really good teams. Um, you know, they, they, like you said, they are, they are loaded. Uh, I think you start with, uh, coach's son, Dom, Dom Silverio at the, at attack there. He's a senior this year. He put up over a hundred points last year. He was co-offensive player of the year. Um, and, but arguably his line mate, Justin Kalizzi, uh, who's also a senior on attack is arguably just as good. Um, they've got, uh, Cam Lent, uh, face-off specialist junior, um, returning there to take face-offs. He was dominant all season last year. Uh, Andrew Tesh on defense, who's a, who will be a junior this year. Um, they return, and, and at the midfield, they've got a kid, Andrew Housley, who flew under the radar a little bit last year, but he's a very good player as well. So they're going to they're gonna put the ball in the back of the net an awful lot this year. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, the returning uh, Lent, their, their face-off guy. Just, I mean, how big is that? I mean, just to have an experienced guy coming back there. I mean, that, that almost sometimes gives you a leg up whether you've got you know, a lot coming back in other spots. 
it was it was huge for them last year and it's going to be huge again this year i mean their their offense is going to be so potent that if they can if they can get the ball consistently you're going to need a hot goalie and a very good defense in order to stop them I mean, we didn't even talk about they lost one of their better attackmen, Sean Gallipo, last year, who's going to be a junior to an ACL. He's coming back, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully he's okay, and, and they get him back there. That's There's three attackmen right there. They had a kid transfer in from, from Berwick, uh, another attackman who's very good. So who knows, one of those guys may end up being a midfielder for them this year. And, um, you know, if they do that, they're going to be – they're going to put six guys out there that can that can all shoot and score. So, um yeah, the Dover's definitely going to be one of the top teams. Now, now, of course, Portsmouth had the other, the opposite of that scenario happen, losing uh, Zadok White to prep school. He's over at uh, Governors now, right? Yep. Uh, but again, that's a team. You know, they they return they return some very good players. Um, I think with this team, you're going to start with two players: Cole Brahms, who's who's committed to Utah. He's a, a face-off specialist, junior this year, and uh, senior Ollie Allen, who uh, who's committed to Bates. Um, you know, so two. And, and Cole, I think, is going to be – they used him a little bit more as a FOGO last year, but as the playoffs went on, they kept him on the field a lot more. He's got a lot of scoring punch to him, so I expect him him to be there. Um, you know, they had a younger attack last year, but I look at a kid like Dom Iafola to step up. He'll be a junior this year. Um, Huey, uh, Huey McDonald, uh, he, he's a senior this year, big, big kid, um, looks to use his body a lot on attack. He, he's a tough matchup for a lot of kids. And then on defense, uh, Jack Stevens and Jacob Morin coming back, Luke Squire. Um, they've got a bunch of defensemen there that are all seniors. So I think they like flying under the radar a little bit. I think they like that everybody's talking about Derry Field and Dover. But Portsmouth's got a chip on their shoulder, and they're, they're definitely – that's not going to be an easy out for, for them either. Now, one thing you, that, that you didn't mention uh, that was a big uh, focal point last week was the goalies. Um, I know Portsmouth is, is, has to replace theirs. Uh, Dover, I'm not. Dover sure has two goal. Dover has two goalies coming back. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see which one plays. Both of them, I think, kind of battled a little bit uh, with last year. So it'll be interesting to see what Coach Silverio does in the goaltending. I think for Dover, that is the one place where they're looking to prove themselves a little bit is in the goal and on defense. Um, I think Portsmouth might be a little bit stronger there, whereas Dover might have the edge offensively. Of course, if you um, you're winning faceoffs, then, then it, it really, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, well, that that definitely proved out in the semifinal last year that the yeah. team that controlled the ball uh, ended up getting getting more possession time and scoring more goals. And they they played what a pretty phenomenal regular season game too. That was kind of back Came and down, forth, a yeah. little higher score, little little, yeah. little higher scoring, and yeah. then uh, and and Dover pulled it out in the end there. Um, but I mean, I'll I'll put a chip in for my goalie. I mean, Avery Truex coming back as a junior this year. He's been a two year starter for me. Um, I, I think he's going to be one of the top goaltenders in the league this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you, you mentioned all three of you play each other this year. You guys get get to go to Portsmouth uh, April 21st, the Saturday night game. Yep, Saturday um, night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'll be a good atmosphere uh, for that game. Again, and you host Dover. Um, Dover gets to host Portsmouth uh, May 14th. Um, not that's a Monday or a Tuesday, I believe. Uh, so an afternoon game, pretty probably late in the probably a Monday, Monday, probably a Monday. Yeah. 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 So we, you know, no one. Uh, I mean, having multiple undefeated teams going into the playoffs this year, probably probably not won't. Happen. Probably not going to happen. Uh, I would, you know, I, I would look. There out of that group, I, I would say I would say one team's going to come out of that unscathed. I mean, I just I don't see how it, it's not with all three teams playing each other. It's just not going to be possible. Last year we had the odd situation where we finished seventeen and zero and Dover finished sixteen and zero, but they had played one more D one team than us, so they got an extra point. They ended up in first place. 
Um, I think you're going to see a log jam at the top this year. I mean, some of the other teams that we're going to talk about in a minute, because of the unbalanced schedule, there's going to be some interesting matchups in, in, that, uh, in those quarterfinals. So who is, I, I guess, if, if you guys are the, the three favorites for those top seeds, uh, who do you see as maybe that fourth team that, that, that's going to get the other buy or could get the other buy? Or who, who are well, the, the other teams, teams? Teams I think we can talk about. So, uh, um, you know, if we want to stay with, you know, we started talking about goalies. I think another goalie you got to talk about is Garrett Maloney from, from Hollis Brookline. Um, big, experienced senior goaltender, um, you know, was a converted defenseman. Um, and has worked really hard over the years and become a really solid ball stopper. Um, he's got a good defenseman in front of him, John Alden Alden Pru, uh, and then he's going to have an offense that's bolstered by a senior and Ryan Olson this year on attack. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a team that has good depth. They have a good youth program. Uh, Coach McDonough has done a great job getting getting the enthusiasm going there, and his son Joe has really stepped up. I was really impressed with him in the indoor season. Um, and I think he's going to make a big splash on the scene this year, too. Yeah, and he, um, he's, what, a sophomore midfielder? Yep. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Coach McDonough, and this will be, what, his second year? Second um, full season, As the yep. head coach. You know, that, with the program that, for three. That makes a difference, I think, too, just having guys that are maybe a little more familiar with your style, mm-hmm. um, you know, just how you coach. Um, not that they had any issues last year. Um, but they're going to be well coached. They're going to be disciplined on defense. I think they're going to get better and better on offense as the season progresses. They're going to kind of find their way, have guys step up. Um, you know, it might be a team that, you know, I don't – let's let's take a look at their schedule. Um, you know, they do have – they've got some good tests early on. They've got – they do have Keene at home. That's going to be a big matchup for them. And then they're at Wyndham and at St. Thomas and Portsmouth. they got a four-game stretch early in the season there that will kind of test well, them. So. That's assuming all those games get played. True. Because, of course, they, they <laughs> are historically have had one of the worst field conditions, uh, yep. you know, typically. In that, game, in that game at Wyndham and at St. Thomas, those are both, both grass, grass fields, fields too. Right. That, and I that, believe that Al- Alvarez well. <laughs> a grass field, too. Yep. Um, so I mean, I, uh, <laughs> might know, give them some time to yeah, grow up before yeah. they have to play those games. Um, you know, I can remember years where you what a couple of years where you guys played them first week of the season and that was the only, only played our we always yeah. played at our place coach coach Susie would would um, one it was a, it was a great matchup for both teams but he also wanted to make sure that it, we got a game in early right. so scheduled it for the turf it was like their only game for the first 10 days of the season yeah. because they couldn't play yep. anywhere else yeah, uh, it was almost it was almost like a scrimmage for both teams just to just to get a game in you know they have a pair of games on here that are against D1 teams that are kind of intriguing they go to uh, Nashua South and also play against uh, Nashua North, both mm-hmm. on the road. Yep. Uh, maybe those should have been early early games, you know. With the turf, yeah. With the turf. But both of those, um, you know, those should be pretty interesting games. You know, again, as we mentioned last week, that, you know, North and South are, are potentially fringe playoff teams in Division One. Um, you know, that could be big for, for big Hollis. Big seeding implications yeah. for both, for, for South, North, and, and Hollis in those games. Yeah, if, if Hollis is able to win those, you get the extra points for playing up. You know, and that that helps them with their seating. Yeah, and then they double up with Wyndham. I mean, those are that's a pair of big games there. Um, you know, they play you guys on um, on the second May second. Uh, I believe that's a what a Wednesday game mm-hmm. um, at their place. I don't know when was the last time you guys played them at uh, that? 20, 2013, I think was the last time uh, we yeah, played. It's out been there. a while. Yep. Been a while. Yep. I do remember a game years ago where you guys played on the football field. Yep. Over there and. Uh, 2010. I, I, I know exactly the, the game. The ball might have gotten lost in the mud at some point. Or I might have gotten lost in the mud over there. Tough. I think that might have been the last time they played a lacrosse game on the football field too. There haven't been many, there haven't been many over there. Yeah. 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 So, 
Um, yeah, I'm interested. They also play Merrimack Valley on uh, May 14th, and I think that's going to be a big game. Merrimack Valley has, and that's we might as well talk about Merrimack Valley a little bit. Um, they're a team that I, I think they're a sleeping giant. Every year, you know, I kind of say that they've, you know, you look at the talent they have, and they have a very manageable schedule this year. Um, I think they're only playing 14 games, but I don't see too many losses on that schedule for them. They have early on, they've got a very, you know, that, that game against Wyndham last year kind of set the tone. They lost that game at Wyndham. They get Wyndham at home this year. Um, but then there just aren't too many. They're not playing a lot. You know, later in the season, they're playing Hollis and Dover, but they've got a lot of wins on their schedule. They're a potential, you know, 12 and 2, 13 and 1 team. Then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, Merrimack Valley's, you know, the second seed in the tournament, right? So I, I, That'll be that that game against Hollis will be big in in, uh, in mid May there. And another interesting thing, they get a you know a, a out of division game against Central that you know a win gives them that extra point that, extra that, point, that, yeah. that again they finish tied with somebody or, or so that's why I've kind of got them. Yeah. I kind of got them in the mix. Yeah. Besides besides the talent they have, they have a, a very good player in Dylan Arant who's been injured over the years and, and um, but he he has D one D one potential as far as. Um, you know, college aspirations and, um, you know, just uh, his ability on the field. Um, and I think, you know, they've got some younger players. They've got uh, Colby Mercier on attack, Mac Max Lacey on attack. Um, they've got a, a midfielder in Peyton Russell. They've had a whole bunch of kids that have kind of come up together through the middle school ranks. And then, um, you know, they've got a they've got a new goalie. Uh, Jesse, Jesse Huawa is playing. Uh, he's going to be the takeover as the starter this year. Uh, Nick Kufos on defense. So they've got, they've got plenty of guys um, that can get it done. Um, so I, I look for them to be one of the one of the top five or six and teams new, this year. New coach this year, or are they new coach new yeah. coach this year. Sean o, Sean O'Brien's retired. Uh, Bobby Berwick takes over as the, as the head coach. Um, was it was a great player himself back in the day. Um, so and he was a very good defenseman. So they're going to be very strong on defense. Um, you know, and and they've got the guys offensively to put the ball in the back of the net. So. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think based on their schedule and the talent they have, they're going to be one of the team, one of the top teams in the league this year. You know, I, I know in, in talking with you about this that um, Keen was another team that you kind of had on that maybe dark horse kind of list. Not even a dark horse. They're not mm -hmm. flying under the radar at all. They're they're definitely they're hyped up. They're excited. Um, you know, it's not a team that a lot of people get to see very often because they're way out there. Um, you know, to the West, but uh, they, they over the years, again, has a, have a nice senior class put together um, with them. I, I like the kid facing off for them, Spencer Horkinson. Uh, he's a UNE commit, um, just seems like a really nice kid, plays the game really hard, um, you know, is going to control the ball a lot for them. Uh, Marcin Molesky on attack for them as a senior, um, and he is paired up with um, Manny Kirkner, who's a junior, um, very potent attack line for them. And then they've got uh, Zach Janikowski as a midfielder. Um, they've got some guys. They've got some guys offensively. So if if um, if Spencer's winning a lot of faceoffs, they're another team like Dover that I think is going to score a lot of goals. Um, and it's tough to go out there. Teams that have to go out to Keene, man, it is. <laughs> they grow the grass long out yeah. there, and uh, you know there are always some funky calls. And uh, they're they're a physical team. So I, I think Keene's looking to make some waves this year and, and be one of those be a top team. And you know, looking over the the list of of players uh, that you know are expected to return this year. Um, there's some kids, you know, that, that names that look familiar from the, the team that just won the Division II Hockey Championship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. as much as, you know, you change season to season, that's I think, is usually not something that you can look past, just the experience of, of 
knowing how to win, yeah. right? Knowing yeah. how to win and, and just expecting to win, you yeah. know. And uh, you know, obviously, if you're if you're winning hockey titles, you're a good athlete. And um, you know, I think so. I think they're going to come into the season with a lot of confidence. Um, so yeah, so that would be. And then you know, some of the other teams, you know, Wyndham Wyndham's got a new coach this year. Um, Joe Young takes over there. He, he's been an assistant for the program in the past. Um, you know, I look for the Russ brothers, Noah Rust, um, you know, as a senior midi. Um, he, he's a very good player. Um, I look at it for Tyler Folsom, Tyler Folsom on attack. Uh, he's a senior this year. So they've, they've got some guys that can, that can face off and, uh, and put the ball in the back of the net. Um, so, you know, I, I, you can never count out Wyndham. Again, you know, great football program, great youth program, a lot of athletes over there. I think teams are kind of overlooking them a little bit this year, but um, I think teams would be very unwise to do that. You know, and they, they've got a loaded schedule there. Um, looks like, you know, in comparison, they're playing maybe about 18 games this year. Um, you know, and a couple of D1 games playing Londonderry, Salem. Um, you know, those are, are games that they, I think last year, you know, they won those games and kind of, again, gave themselves that extra yep. that extra boost. Um you know, and not uh, they got a nice kind of breakdown, at least like we were saying, assuming those games get played on their field of, you know, home and away games. There's no real tough stretches. Maybe the midseason they've got four out of five on the road with the one home game being against Dover, um, you know, at Goffstown, at Oyster River, then Dover, then you got at, at Dairy Field and then at Timberlane. Uh, you know, that, that's the one thing that could hurt them yeah. is that, you know, Coach Rosenberski did a great job of putting together a top schedule for them that really challenged them. They've had some great players over the year, and they're looking to keep more players home and win them. And so, um, you know, hopefully in the years to come, they can continue to keep that schedule. But this year, you know, if if things don't fall right, it, it, they, but they might be a team that you could see in the quarterfinals that you may not want to match up against. You know, going back to the schedule, um, looking at Keene's schedule, they've got a couple interesting games against some out-of-state teams um, that I, I don't know if <coughs> either of us know anything about. The Wachusett and Brattleboro, um, you know, they have – Two games against Bo, um, which always I, I think is a team that maybe plays teams a little tougher than maybe yep. they, they are. Always I well think coached. A new, new coach there too. Yep. Um, you know, two games against John Stark. Uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty manageable schedule though. I don't know much about Wachusett and uh, and Brattleboro. I know they they typically Brattleboro is right over the border, and that is a typical game, typical rivalry game that they play every year. Um, they have a D three. They play Laconia. They play Laconia in there as well. Um, you know, I, I don't expect Keene to have too many losses on their schedule this year. Um, so that game with Winnicunit, I think, is a big one. And the fact that they're playing it at home is a good one. Winnicunit's another team that we, we can talk about a little bit that it just seems like every year you're like, man, they've, oh, they lose all these important guys. And then they play, they put together a great defense. They always have a goalie and a faceoff guy. And they play, um, they play a brand of lacrosse that's just, it's really tough. I mean, obviously, you know, winning the football title this year. They're going to have guys out that, that are physical and know how to hit. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that'll be an interesting game. I think the winner of that Keen and Winnicunit game will get be tell a lot about how each of those teams' seasons are going to go this year. Yeah, Winnicunit, a team that does have a pretty decent amount of, uh, at least you know going off of last year's roster, a lot of uh, players that were on the football team, including you know brothers Pat McDougal and Joe McDougal. Uh, you look on here, too, at, at – um, Cam Struckle, I mean, he was a, a kid that was very key to that, that football championship. You know, just how does that translate to, uh, you know, coming out on and in, in playing a lacrosse season? And, again, their schedule, um, you know, they're one of those teams that has a bit of a lighter schedule.
but they play, you know, they play Derryfield, they play Portsmouth, playing, like you said, Wyndham, Hollis, Brookline. That's how they end their season, actually, with those four, you know, four games. Um, you know, so they're going to be a team that, that, you know, maybe they don't play a lot, but they're going to be battle-tested. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were able to, if they got into that, that upper top six teams, just because, like I said, they always, they play great team defense. They control the middle of the field. They don't let you get a lot of fast breaks on them. Um, their goaltender, Ollie Wilcox, even though he hasn't started the last couple of years, he's a very strong goaltender and he's a senior. He's going to be taken over there and he's going to have some big, strong defensemen in front of him. They did lose some of their scoring punch from last year. To guys, you know, I'm looking through the roster here, names that, that scored a lot for them last year graduated, but I've said that the last two or three years, and it seems like every year they've got guys coming out that, that just find a way. They're just good athletes. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were one of the top six teams at the end of the season. Uh, now what about one of the a team we kind of mentioned here when talking about Wyndham's schedule, Timberlane. They kind of came out of nowhere last year. Uh, to get in the you know get in the playoffs, put in a pretty good season. I know they were upset in that opening round against um, St. Thomas, but I think it was know. just a tough matchup for them in that open, yeah. opening round. Um, they had some they had some very good uh, seniors on that team. I think coach um, I think coach Glasgow is expecting a little bit of a rebuilding season this year. He's got great numbers, he's got great enthusiasm, but some of his some of his better players from last year. Uh, graduated. Matt Licata is a name that's that's going to put up a lot of points and, and make headlines there for them. But is Matt going to have enough around him this season? Um, but I think in, in seasons to come, um, I, I think they're going to you know they're going to be a very good team. Coach Blaska is doing a lot of good work with those guys out there. You know, and and the, like we mentioned, the team they lost to St. Thomas uh, seems to be a team that. Um, you know, is always kind of in the mix. Sean likes to tell me every year, ah, we're not going to be very good this year. You know, don't bother, don't bother scouting us. And and every year, he's always got a good team. So, um, you know, I do I do believe Sean when he's that they're going to be a little bit young and probably a year away from really really uh, being one of the top teams. But I, you know, they're they're not going to be a team that anyone's going to want to face either come playoff time. Um, you know they did lose. They did lose their their really good defenseman who who basically didn't come off the field last year. And Andrew Geppard, he would play. He'd play short stick midi. He'd play man up. He'd play defense. He'd cover the best kid on the field. I mean, I I think he ran just about 48 minutes of, of every single game um, that they played last year. Um, but they do. They've get they've got some guys coming back this year. Um, Joe Gorella as an attackman. He's a senior this year who should be good. Um, I look for a kid, Henry Detola, who stepped up. His father was a, an All-American defenseman at Yale, um, and I think they're expecting him to do to do good things. Um, Nick Tuasani, uh, midfielder, he was a good player last year um, for them. So they, they've got some guys, and they've got great depth, and, and they've got good athletes that come out every year. Yeah, I noticed another another name from football season on here too, Tim Bouchard. Um, don't know too much of him, about him as a lacrosse player, but I know he was, you know, one of the better players in division two football this past year he he's a stud athletically he's going to be he's going to be a matchup problem for a lot of guys and it, if st thomas has a lot of success this season it's going to be because of tim i mean he you watched him last year as a lacrosse player and you're like that kid that kid's an athlete he can move on the field um you know again does he have enough around him that you know if teams are really able to shut him down you know can joe gorella step up can some of these other guys step up um you know but so yeah, St. Thomas will be a tough out for a lot of teams too, as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, was kind of excited to see that they have a scrimmage next Tuesday uh, at Bedford. Uh, so I'm hoping to get out to that and be able to watch that. Actually, a couple of a bunch of interesting scrimmages coming up uh, next week that include some D2 teams. Uh, of course, 
this Saturday there's a jamboree over at Stelos, uh, Goffstown, and is in that. John Stark, I think, too. Uh, a couple of main teams. Um, you know, next Monday you've got Hollis scrimmage in BG over here at Stelos. We're going uh, up to Hanover on Saturday. Uh, We're playing a full game up there. Yeah, and then uh, Timberlane's coming into scrimmage south next Thursday, I believe. Uh, Portsmouth and us are going over yeah. to uh, Exeter following Wednesday. Following playing, Wednesday, so yeah. Yeah, there'll yeah. be some good so scrimmages coming up. Yeah, well, it's about what we've got at this point to kind of keep us satiated. I mean, it's been – I feel like it, I, it's been, what, 10 days since the since the actual start of the, the, the preseason, and I feel like we've been waiting for games now for – for a while, or maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just you know. My guys are itching. We're we're only three days in. We've had double sessions every day though, uh, just on our on our vacation here. So we've had essentially six practices, and they're they're ready to get this scrimmage in this weekend. We're been look they've been looking at the weather all week, and at the beginning it was sort of supposed to be rain, and then now it's going to be a beautiful day. So the guys are psyched. We're ready. We're ready to get out there and play a little bit. You know, any team, any player that we didn't mention that that we're you know forgetting about that you think it might you know might maybe surprise some people. Um, you know, I, I, I liked, you know, I, I think you brought up a, a good point in, uh, in, in, in Bo earlier, earlier, they, they, they always feel the strong team. Um, you know, I think for them, there's, a, they've got Ryan Tobler coming back. Uh, Nathan Carrier has taken over in goal this year for them. Um, Joe Ryder takes over as the head coach this year. He was an assistant for them. Um, you know, I'd, I'd look for them to do some nice things. Um, you mentioned Tobler and, and Carrier, and again, kids that, that have won championships in other sports. Um, you know, again, not to be discounted. I hate to – I sound like a broken record here. And looking at that, you know, Matt Harkins too. Um, you know, not uh, getting to the football championship two years in a row with Bo. Um, you know, that, that kind of just knowing how to win – you know, doesn't it, it counts for carries a lot. over it brings yeah. it, you bring a lot of confidence into the season um they've got arguably one of the best freshmen uh in the league coming in, in my opinion coming in this year in nick mcgovern um you know nick's going to draw a lot of attention he's not going to look like a freshman he's at least six foot two six foot three big boy uh and can shoot hard on the run so you know the bowl bowl have some firepower there um but you know the one team you know we didn't really talk who made the playoffs last year was kingswood um, Kingswood's always always a tough one for me too, because again they're they're a little bit up north. You don't we don't get to see their guys a whole lot, um, but you know uh, Coach Matt Tetralt he's done he's done a good job of building up the roster there. They've got a ton of guys coming out for them. They did have a lot of seniors on the team last year, but you know they, they do return a decent amount of underclassmen. Um, you know, and I kind of like I kind of like what he's doing out there. He's he's getting the, he's teaching the kids a good brand of lacrosse and. Um, you know, they, they could be, again, a team that could find themselves in there. If they do, I think uh, a midfielder, Eric Madden, for them, he, he took faceoffs for them last year and was just a beast. Um, so I'd, I'd look for him to, to be one of the players to watch for them this year. You know, and looking at their schedule, it's, you know, it's uh, they do play, you know, some, some of the top teams, but, you know, they got a couple games there against programs that have been struggling of late. Um, they get Kennett twice, Spalding twice, uh, Memorial, um, you know, so I mean, there's the the possibility that if they they win the games they're supposed to, and then you know surprise a couple teams, you know, you never know. It could end up finishing top eight and ending up with a home playoff game. And I can't imagine there's a lot of people wanting to go up to uh, Wolfboro to, no. to play a <laughs> no. playoff game. Another team, another team that I think you might want to keep your eye on is Oyster River. Uh, they had a new hire this year, uh, head coach Ruppy Haley. Did everybody have a new hire? This Just year? about everybody had a new like hire, right? Um, it's great that we were able to fill most of those positions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I think uh, with, with Ruppy Haley in charge up there, you're going to see a uh, vastly improved Oyster River team. I don't know how much talent they really return, but I think you're going to see dramatic strides in, in the way they play over the course of the season. And I think it's a team that if Coach Haley is given a chance to continue to work with, they're going to be a consistent playoff team in, uh, in years to come. They have a tough start yeah, to the season, opening with Dover, Goffstown, and Portsmouth. That you know, I think you got to just survive those three games, and then and then you got to. But still, it, it doesn't get that, it, even it beyond that. Yeah. It doesn't get a lot yeah. of light. It doesn't get a lot lighter. Um, but the back end of their schedule seems to be a little bit lighter. But you know, again, give him time, and I think you're going to see a very good Oyster River team up there. Yeah, you're right. Do- Dover, Goffstown, Portsmouth to open the season, and Timberlane, Winnicott, at St. Thomas, Wyndham, and Bow. And that takes you up until the first week of May. Yeah. That's that's a, I mean that's a team that that's a team that you know you never want to see it happen. But that's a team that could go zero and seven, and then on the backside they've got seven winnable games. I mean, so anything if they could get a couple of those games early, if they could win one or two of those games on the front side, you know you could find yourself at you know, uh, you know sneaking in for one of those last playoff spots. Any final thoughts on the division before we uh, we wrap it up for the night or for the, the this week? Uh, I'm excited. I think there's there's a lot of good teams out there, and as we talked about, there's a lot of good players. Um, I think our all-state meeting is going to be really, really <laughs> tough this year with 21 teams and, and the number of great players that there are, but I'm excited. Uh, the last three days have been a blast with my guys, and uh, I just I can't wait to see what the season brings. He is uh, Dairy Field lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Uh, coach, thanks again for joining me. We'll look forward to breaking down uh, the last division, Division Three next week before season starts. Uh, thanks again. Can't wait. It'll be good. All right. For uh, Coach Hetler, this is Joe Marcellino. Thank you for listening.